The Temptation to Antinomianism The Beginning of Faith When I first became a Christian, there was a fire lit in my soul. One Easter morning, the church that I had attended had an invitation at the end to either give yourself to Christ for the first time or to rededicate yourself to the faith. Although I thought I was in the latter group at the time, looking back now, I realized that I was never a Christian before that moment. From that day onward, I was determined to live a holy life and to dedicate myself to the scriptures. I decided to pursue theological education. This led me to attend Bethany Global University, then transfer to Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and move down to Iowa to help plant Redemption Hill Church in the Des Moines Metro. Learning the Grace of God, the Call to Holiness Early in my faith, I knew one thing that God has called all Christians to is to live holy lives. We are not to live like we once did. Instead, we are to live to God's standard. The Apostle Peter says in his first letter, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 15-16 Peter not only gives us the command to be holy, but he also gives us the reason why. Christians are to be holy because God is holy. God has saved us from our sins and his coming wrath, and he has now called us to be like him. Grace in the fight for holiness. One thing I was quickly taught was the grace of God in this area of holiness. Christians, though saved by grace, still battle with sin. If the Christian heart is like a kingdom, then Jesus Christ is the one who rules it. However, inside the kingdom, there are pockets of rebellion, sin, that Jesus is working to crush in the process of sanctification. For now, the sin is still there, but we will be ultimately made perfect. Like many Christians, when I fail to live in holiness and I sin, I can feel like I have failed God. I can feel like he is not only disappointed in my actions, but he hates me for them. I can feel like his grace is going to be withdrawn and I am going to be lost and forsaken. This is not only untrue, but it is a common lie of the devil. It can be tempting to condemn ourselves, but Paul encourages us in his epistles to the Romans that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 1-2 He also tells us, Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that, as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through the righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 20-21 Not only is there no condemnation for the Christian, when we sin, God is pleased to give us even more grace in the continual forgiveness of our sins. These truths should lift the great burden of perfectionism from the Christian hearts. Though we may still sin, in our fight for holiness, God still loves his people. He still forgives them, and he never forsakes 
the Christian. Keep on sinning? Tempted to abuse grace. If the devil fails to tempt the Christian to self-condemnation and doubt, there is an equally sinister tactic that he can take to tempt the Christian to abuse the grace of God. We know that we are not under condemnation because of the blood of Christ. Our sins are covered. Some say that since this is the case, the Christian is able to sin freely. There is no need to live a holy life. All sins are covered anyways. This is the temptation of antinomianism. When a Christian falls into this temptation, their hearts can grow cold to their own sin. Sin becomes a non-issue. Or, even worse, sin becomes something that is enjoyable. And the antinomian takes for granted the grace of God. This attitude towards sin is not only contrary to 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, but may also serve as a red flag that one's conversion was a false one. By no means. The Bible is not silent on the issue. In fact, Paul, after declaring that God's grace is increased where sin is increased, anticipates the appeal to antinomianism. He says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Romans 6, 1 through and 2. Paul is clear that antinomianism is not an option for the Christian. A Christian's nature has been transformed. Before our transformation, we had desires in our flesh to sin. But now we should have desires to please God. We should be a people who want to kill our sin rather than live in it. We must be resistant to the temptation to sin and to take the grace of God for granted. As the Puritan theologian John Owen said, Be killing sin, or it be killing you. How to fight the temptation of antinomianism. Remember how God feels towards sin. God hates sin. Sin is not an insignificant matter. It is evil and wickedness. Sin is a trap that only leads to destruction. The psalmist says of God, The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. Psalm 5.5 5. God hates sin and those who are in unrepentant sin. If God hates sin, then we should hate sin. Proverbs tells us, The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. Proverbs 8.13 The psalmist is also not silent on this issue when he writes, O you who love the Lord, hate evil. Psalm 97, verse 10a The first step against the temptation of antinomianism is to hate sin and evil. Antinomianism says we have a license to sin because of the grace of God. If we hate sin as God hates sin, then this supposed license will not be an option for the Christian. Desire to bring glory to God Our ultimate motivation should be the glory of God. It is good to hate sin. It is good to seek holiness and righteousness. The reason these things are good is that they bring God glory. We have been saved by God because of His grace. There is nothing in us that made God save us. We have never been good enough 
or smart enough to be saved. He simply saved us out of his good pleasure. Our lives are no longer our own. As our lives are no longer our own, but our God's, there is no other reason to live than for him. Paul's charge to the Corinthian church is in the same charge to us. In it, we find our ultimate reason to fight against antinomianism. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31